This morning I'm going to begin with a thought that I know all of us know to be true. I think none of us would argue this. But in our lives, all of us have these go-to products that we use in certain situations and certain moments. Would you agree with this? We all have those go-to products that we're going to use in certain moments. To illustrate what I'm talking about, I'll use our family for just a moment. In our home, when there is even a hint of sickness coming on, within moments, we will hear somebody say this, you better take some vitamin C. You better take some vitamin C. Your throat is scratchy, take some vitamin C. Your ears are beginning to hurt just a little bit, take some vitamin C. It doesn't matter what it is, you probably need to take some vitamin C. Some people feel that way about absorbing junior, right? It doesn't matter what the illness is, it doesn't matter what the ailment is, it doesn't matter what the situation is. Absorbing junior is the cure-all and the fix-all. My mom was like this for a season. Whatever the ailment is, tea tree oil. First time she told us that, I thought, what in the world are you talking about? If you got a mosquito bite, put tea tree oil on it. If you're stopped up, put tea tree oil on it. If you've been diagnosed with some terrible disease, tea tree oil will probably take care of it, in my mom's opinion. For some, it may be this, a cleaning product. If somebody were to track something in and get it on the carpet, you go get your favorite cleaning product. If you spill something on the couch, you go get that cleaning product. If you drop something and it gets on your shirt or it gets on your pants, you have to use that particular cleaning product. We have these go-to products that we use in definite, specific situations, and here's why. Because we have found them to be effective in what it is we need them for. We have found the vitamin C to be a help. We have found that essential oil to be a help. We have found this this chemical to be a help. We have determined that this cleaning solution, that is what is effective and gets the job done. We go to these products in these situations because they have proven themselves to be effective. Now, as that is so, I want us to think about this. Again, we all know this to be true. We all know this to be accurate. And that is this. It never works like we want it to 100% of the time. I have taken vitamin C on so many occasions and still felt crummy a few days after the fact. I have applied tea tree oil where I thought I was supposed to apply tea tree oil. And I still felt crummy. We've used that stain remover on certain spots on the carpet, and you can still see the spot that was there prior to the use of the spot remover. So just because we have found it effective in the past doesn't mean it does everything we want it to every time. So why do we keep using it? 
We keep using it for this reason. Because we're convinced it still works. We're convinced it still works. Somebody says, well, you're wasting your time and you're wasting your money. No, I'm not. It's, it's still working and, and it's still worthwhile. That's what we do because we're convinced there is value in us going to it. Now, this morning, I, I want to explain something, and this may not need to be said, but I'm going to say it anyways. And that is this, is I love the book of James. I love the book of James immensely, completely, entirely. I look forward to it whenever I come to it in my Bible reading. I always look forward to, to going to the book of James until I get to chapter 5, verse number 14. I really want us to hear this. I look forward to the book of James until we get to chapter 5, verse number 14. Because when you come to verse number 14 and you read down through verse number 18, here is what happens. More questions begin to arise than can be answered by you and I. I don't care who we are. I don't care how scholarly we think we are. I don't care how many answers we think we have to the scripture when we come to chapter 5, verse number 14, and we look at the next few verses, there are so many things mentioned in here that we just don't have the ability to fully comprehend because for every question that is answered, it then provokes several other questions. Okay, well, what do you do about this? And if you say this, then what do you do about that? And if you have this, then what do you do about this? It just provokes so many questions and so this week as I was studying, here's what I decided. I can try to fool you and make you think I understand all of this. Or I can be honest and tell you that I don't. And we can just deal with what I do understand. So I opted for the second option. Let's just talk about what we can understand and not worry about what we can't understand. And let's be helped by it if at all possible. So this morning, what I want us to do is I want us to look in the last part of verse number 16, and I want us to read what James wrote to the believers. He said, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So here's what we know is that you don't have to be a scholar to realize what James is dealing with and addressing in verses 13, 14, down through verse number 18. He is still dealing with the subject of prayer. So as James is dealing with the subject of prayer, I know this is going to be a little bit of review and maybe a little bit repetitive, but I want us to think about what prayer is. It is still this when a person communicates with God. That is what prayer is, when a person communicates with God. I said this a few weeks ago, that sometimes when a person prays, it is an audible action that the person engages in. Somebody is opening their mouth and words are coming out. It is something that could be heard by anyone who would be within earshot. And if they are communicating with God in those audible words, we would say this, that that person is praying. But I also said this, that sometimes when a person prays, 
It is not audible. It is some transmission that takes place between the heart of the individual and God himself. Many, many times, every one of us, we have prayed, but it has been silent. And yet we know in our hearts that we have been praying and doing business with God. Did somebody hear us? Could somebody tell what we were communicating? Well, of course not. But we know that we know that we know that we were praying. I said this a few weeks ago, and I'll just say it again, that sometimes when we're communicating with God because of the situation, we don't begin to know what to say, and yet God is able to translate that somehow. He knows what we need, even though we don't know how to express it. And friends, that is still an act of prayer. So prayer is nothing more than this when a person communicates with God. So as James is dealing with the subject of prayer, I just want us to look at this. He said of prayer that it is the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man that availeth much. And so for just a moment, I want us to consider this word effectual. What does it mean, this word effectual? It means this, to produce or to be capable of producing an intended effect. All right? This is important. It means to produce or to be capable of producing an intended effect. So James says that prayer produces or it has the capability of producing a desired effect. And then he said in the verse that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So what does it mean for something to avail much? It just means this, that it accomplishes much. All right, so here's what James said. He said that of prayer, of this communicating with God, here is what it is, or here is what is true of it, is that it is capable of producing a desired effect, and it accomplishes much. That is what prayer does. It has the ability to produce a desired effect, and it has the ability to accomplish many things. But James is also clear on this, that it's not just any prayer that is effectual and that availeth much. It is not just any prayer that has the capabilities of producing a desired effect, and it's not just any prayer that has the ability to accomplish many things. He said that in order for a prayer to be effectual and to avail, here is what it must involve. It must involve some fervency. Some fervency. What is fervency? It is this. It is warmth. It is feeling. It is enthusiasm. It is passion or zeal. So in order for a prayer to have any kind of effectiveness, in order for a prayer to be able to accomplish anything... There has to be a measure of fervency associated with the prayer. 
Now, is James suggesting that people have to work themselves up into some kind of a frenzy? Is he suggesting that you and I have to become these emotional beings? And, and whenever we began to pray, we began to, to get dramatic and we began to lift our voices up and we began to get loud and we began to draw attention to ourselves? That's not at all what James is saying. But what James is indicating is this, is that we have to actually be engaged in what it is we are doing when we're praying in order for our prayers to accomplish anything and to be effective toward anything. See, that's important for a person to remember. That's important for you and I to be reminded of because here is what we are guilty of. I don't care who we are. Here is what we are guilty of at times in our prayer lives of just going through the motions. Why am I praying today? Because that's what I do at 6 o'clock in the morning. Why am I praying right now? Because that's what we do before we go to bed. Why are we praying as a family right now? Because it's our family altar and it's our quiet time and that's what we do. But just because we're saying words and just because we're, we're dwelling on thoughts, it does not mean that our mind is actually engaged in what we're doing. In order for prayers to be effectual, to have this capability of producing a desired effect, in order for our prayers to accomplish much, we've got to be engaged in the process in our minds. Well, it's a challenge, is it not, sometimes to keep the mind engaged in what it is we're doing. We pray without fervency. We pray without any kind of passion. We pray without any kind of zeal. We pray without any real kind of a burden. Again, we're just going through the motions because that's what we do at the appointed time of day. And then we expect it to accomplish much. James says that's not how it works. But not only did he say that it's the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man that valeth much. I want us to see that he threw this in for us. You don't just have to be fervent. You also have to be righteous. What does it mean to be righteous? It means to be right with God. In order for prayers to have the capability to produce a desired effect... And in order for a person's prayer to accomplish much, the person who is praying must be right with God. The person must be right with God. That is not optional. What does it mean to be right with God? It means this. To be under his authority in submission to him. See, there are a lot of people in our world today, and here's what they want to do. And I know I've touched on this in the past, but I want us to hear it again. There are so many people in this world who want to live according to their own righteousness and still live with the expectation that God will answer their prayers. And friends, that is not the way it works. 
We do not get to determine what is right and wrong. The only one who has the authority to determine what is right and what is wrong is the Lord. And if we're not living in obedience to him, then our prayer lives are rendered ineffective. It will accomplish nothing. It is the prayer, the fervent prayer, of a righteous individual that accomplishes much. The prayer of a rebel, the prayer of a hard-hearted, stiff-necked individual, the prayer of the person who is living according to their own rules, that person's prayer will never produce the desired effect, and it will never accomplish much in their lives. It is the prayer, the fervent prayer of a righteous man that is effective and accomplishes great things. As that is so, I want us to think about this truth. That as a child of God, for lack of better words, prayer in our lives should be a go-to item. In In certain circumstances, in certain situations of life, in certain things that we encounter, in certain things that we face and deal with, Here is what the reaction of the child of God should be. I'm taking that one to God in prayer. If we need wisdom, what should be our go-to item? I'm taking that one to God in prayer. If I need some kind of help with my strength, with my health, with some kind of an affliction that I'm dealing with, if that's what I'm going through or someone that I care for and love is going through that, here, for lack of better words, is going to be my go-to item. I am taking that to God in prayer. If you and I find ourselves in a situation where we need protection, where we need deliverance, where where we need the hand of God upon us, it should be that our go-to item in that moment is this, I'm taking that to God in prayer. It really doesn't matter what the circumstance is. It doesn't really matter what the situation is. This should be our mentality. I'm taking it to God In prayer. Why? Because the fervent prayer of a righteous man is capable of producing the desired effect and it accomplishes much. Does it not? Why would I take everything to God in prayer? Because that is where the results are found. 
Why take this to God in prayer? Because that is where results are found. Why do you take this to God in prayer? Because that is where results are found. That's why we pray. But we cannot deny this, and I know that you know this, but I want us to think about it. The scripture says it's the effectual prayer that availeth much, or that prayer is effectual and availeth much. I I want us to, to focus in on this. The word effectual means what? It means capable of. It did not say it does every time. And availeth much means it accomplishes much, but it did not say it accomplishes everything. Now before we write that off as some kind of a heresy or or some kind of a false teaching, let's consider a couple of scenarios. How many of us have ever needed wisdom? We have prayed for wisdom, and yet, for whatever reason, it has seemed like God has not given us the clear direction we have desired. Have we ever been there? Yeah, well, then, then it must be because of sin in your life. That's not necessarily true. A person can be right with God, and for whatever reasons, God not be revealing his will to them in that moment. Well, it must be that you're not praying hard enough about it. You're just not serious enough about it. No, I can assure you that there have been times in my life where I've been as fervent as I knew to be, and I was as right with God as I knew to be, and I was seeking some direction, but for whatever reason, the Lord was not giving me the direction that I was needing at that exact moment. I want us to be reminded of this truth that just because we pray for something, we know this, it doesn't mean that we get it. It does produce many times the desired effect and it does many times accomplish much, but it is not a guarantee that we get 100% of what we have prayed for. Somebody says, well, I don't know about that. Well, then you got to answer this question. Have you ever prayed for someone's healing and it didn't take place? I mean, have you ever prayed for your own healing and it didn't take place? I mean, the Apostle Paul would say something like this. In a particular affliction, I besought the Lord three times, and and he chose not to to grant me my request, but he just gave me the grace to deal with it. Oh, well, Paul, you obviously weren't praying hard enough. Is that really what we want to accuse the Apostle Paul of? Oh, well, Paul, it's because of your rebellious spirit and your rebellious attitude that kept you from getting what it was you were praying for in your physical needs. Listen, I'm not ready to accuse Paul of that just yet. I'm just saying sometimes there are physical needs and sometimes there are wants that we have for our bodies or, or maybe for someone else and we've gone to God with fervency and we've gone to God in sincerity and as best we know we're right with God. Well, well that doesn't mean that we get everything we want just because we prayed about it. Somebody says, okay, well you found one little loophole there that I'll kind of agree with. Well, well let's just consider this. Have we ever... Prayed for someone's protection and well-being. And the desired effect did not come forth. 
Well, they weren't praying hard enough. No, that's nonsense. Well, they weren't right with God. No, that, that's nonsense. We don't always get what we want just because we prayed about it. When a preacher goes in for surgery with the expectation that in just a couple of hours they'll come out and uh, the surgery and everything will be okay, only for the doctor to have to come out and say, your husband suffered a heart attack on the operating table and he passed away and we weren't able to revive him. Listen, it wasn't because it was everybody who was praying who, who, who said something on that pastor's behalf, weren't right with God and weren't serious. No, sometimes we don't get what we want in life. Sometimes a youth group leaves for youth camp with 25 kids and they only come back with 18 kids because of a terrible wreck that happened. How did that happen? Was it because people didn't pray for protection or they weren't serious? No, it's because sometimes things happen and we don't always get what we pray for. Should prayer be our go-to item? Should prayer be what we bathe everything in? Yes, it should. But we've got to understand this. We don't get it just because we prayed for it. So then somebody out there who might want to poke at us a little bit may say something like this. So why would you even bother praying? If he doesn't give the direction, if he doesn't give the healing, if he doesn't give the protection, if he doesn't give the restoration, whatever it is you're praying for, why do you keep praying? Because I have found it to be more effective than if I don't use it at all. I know vitamin C doesn't fix everything every time, but I tell you there are some times it's helped me. So I'm going to go ahead and keep using it even though it's not 100%. I'm going to keep using that cleaning product even though I can still see the stain right there because it's been far more helpful using it than if I had never used it at all. Why am I going to keep on praying? Because it has proven to be far more beneficial than if I had never prayed. Why do you pray for wisdom and leadership and direction? Because he has given it so many times. He just has. So he might be silent right now, and he might just let me be in a holding pattern right now, but I'm going to keep praying because he has proven himself faithful in the past. So, so I'll just trust that he'll, he'll give it to me when we need it, and, and, and I don't have to have it right now, I guess. Why are you going to keep praying for healing and restoration and, and God to work? Because he has in the past. God's done the impossible. He's worked the miracles. He's done what only he can do. So, so I don't get my way every time, but I'm going to keep praying because it's certainly been of value for me to pray in the past. Well, did he allow that tragedy to happen that one time? He did. Why did he allow it to happen? I don't know. But I'm not going to stop praying for safety and protection and provision just because there are isolated incidents to where it was not granted. What am I going to do? I'm going to keep on praying. 
Do I get everything I want? No. But I can't imagine what I would have missed out on if I hadn't prayed. I need to be a person of prayer. Because it has the capabilities of producing a desired effect. I need to be a person of prayer because it accomplishes so much. And you need to be a person of prayer. But in order for it to have any of this desired effect and to accomplish anything, it has to be fervent and we have to be right with God. Can I ask you a question this morning that I don't want any kind of response from? I just want you to answer this question in your heart of hearts. I want to ask you, are you still praying like you ought? And before you answer that, you got you, you to gotta consider that part of it. Are you really praying with fervency like you ought? Are you really praying in obedience to God's will for your life as you ought? Or are you just going through the motions? Is it just the same old prayer over and over and over again, but you're not really engaged in what it is you're praying? Are you right with God as you go to the Lord in prayer? Or do you know that there's some disobedience? I know I've said this. I know it's very clear. I just want to say this again, though. We'll never get everything we want. But we'll not get anything if we're not praying like we should. Are we praying like we ought? It's easy to get discouraged. It's easy to feel like it's not accomplishing anything. And so as a result, it's easy to just stop. Stop praying or to stop praying is one of the worst decisions we can make in our spiritual lives. Keep praying, keep praying, keep praying some more. Don't stop praying. Let's all stand this morning and bow our heads for prayer. Fathers, I come to you this morning. Lord, I think to assume that we are all the people of prayer that we ought to be. I think that would be assuming too much of us. Lord, I don't know of one person in here this morning who could suggest that they don't struggle with just going through the routine of prayer sometimes. Some may have to admit that they can go days without really praying like they should. Lord, some may sit here this morning and say they pray all the time, and yet if they were honest, they'd have to also admit that they're in rebellion to your authority. And Lord, we need to recognize that that will produce nothing. So, Lord, today I'm thankful that prayer accomplishes much and it has the ability to produce what we want we recognize that it doesn't always give us what we want, but we do need to just keep praying. I pray that you'd help us to be honest before you today, that we would be willing to address whatever needs to be addressed. I pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. As Lauren plays, we've got time to pray.
We're going to be dismissed in prayer. See you tonight at 6 o'clock. And uh, looking forward to the sermon. Trust you'll be here in your place, all right? All right, let's be dismissed in prayer. Uh, Brother Berto, if you would, dismiss us, please.